Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams, brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Welcome back to Boating Insights. For today's episode, you've got me, Neil Driscoll, talking to you about uh, calling for help, in particular looking at the sort of different equipment that you might carry and when it might be appropriate to use it um, and how you might use it. Now, one of the kind of most important things for me to, you know, look at here for you is that, you know, we're we're always, um, with everything we're doing, trying to help you avoid getting to a situation that you, uh, that you need help, that you're, uh, that you're avoiding being in these situations and, you know, that if you find yourself in adverse situations, you've got the skills, ability, crew, equipment, etc., uh, hopefully training to actually um, manage them yourselves. However, uh, many things might happen that could be out of your control or, or you know, situations kind of develop and you need to call for help. And I just want to help you kind of understand when it might be more appropriate to use uh, one tool or another. Now, we've actually summarized all of these into something called our emergency action card, which we include with um, our various courses online, particularly for the uh, radio courses, uh, and you can download them out at the Sea Survival course as well. Um, We've actually included with them sort of setting up, um, showing you all the different kind of key radio repeater stations around Australia for every state. But for now, what I want to do is have a look for you at the bits of equipment that you've got on the boat, and then we're going to look at how you call for help, um, who actually makes a call, and who receives it, uh, depending on what you do. Um, Some sort of considerations to help you know um, uh, if life and or vessel is, um, in fact, you know, in grave and imminent danger. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about using something like an emergency action card and how you might set it up. And then finally, um, just things to think about in the scenario that uh, you might not be the one able to make the call anymore. This is me talking to you, assuming you're the skipper listening here now today. Um, So, you know, in the scenario that someone else has had to kind of make the decisions, just some kind of thoughts for you that you might want to have set up. So... Um, before we go any further with this, you know, anything to do with distress, help, it, it's always, um, yeah, it's always a bit of a tough one. And I, I think what I, I just want you to keep in your mind here is that all of these processes, these are just good things to be on top of anyway. So even if it's a scenario that you're not in distress, it might just be good processes and understanding so that you're better placed to help someone else that finds themselves in a in a tricky situation. Now, first of all, when we look at how do you call for help, it's an interesting one. Depending where you are in the world, I'm going to focus mainly on Australia today because otherwise um, this could get huge and lots of the things that we have in Australia are kind of found elsewhere. Um, The reason I'm focusing on Australia is because depending which state you're in, you will have... um, generally fairly consistent, slight variations, but um, compulsory safety equipment, depending on um, which state of Australia and also potentially how far inshore or offshore you are. Some states vary it based on uh, other factors, but 
they're, they're basically you'll have a compulsory carriage of equipment for recreational vessels, which some of some of that will include things that you might be able to use to call for help. How do you call for help? Well, you may well have various bits of equipment on board, such as uh, you know an EPIRB or a personal locator beacon. So um, that would obviously need to have been registered, but that's something which has got you know independent battery. Um, that you can turn on um, EPIRB minimum battery life 48 hours, PLB 24 hours, both of which are things which can be taken with you if you're not with the boat anymore. Um, when we describe them, we talk about them being something of closed communication. What I mean by that is uh, you could have uh, a medical emergency on your boat in a busy mooring field that you deem you know, is a distress, is a, is a mayday, you turn on the EPUB, um, and so that's got a signal going from your boat um, of finding its way to Canberra, who will then uh, activate via AMSA the um, the relevant kind of search and rescue uh, resources. However, you might have someone on the boat next door who has the skills, knowledge, and potential equipment to help with your situation, but it's closed because the signal is going... Um, without being broadcast, if you like, on the airways like a radio is, then it could be very accurate but doesn't actually give any any information um, to the boats around you who may also be able to, to help you out. So sometimes that would be an ideal tool to use and sometimes there might be more appropriate. Now, working our way around, um, one of my favourites is the mobile phone and... Um, you know, phones are great. You you know might have um, downloaded, say for example, you could have the What Three Words app, so that you um you know the it's the app that can narrow down your position uh, using a grid reference of any three words to give you it's about a meter and a half or so anywhere on the planet. Phenomenally accurate, really simple. Clearly, some of the issues with phones, most of them um, won't work underwater. Um, Touchscreens can be an absolute nightmare to use in a plastic case. Um, I pretty much can never really get mine to work um, in any of the cases I have. Um, the uh, yeah, subject, obviously, battery life. Um, easy to use, big benefit there. Um, even if you've got people on board with you who are not uh, boating orientated, they are probably able to work a mobile phone if they are probably older than about five years old. Um, if not younger. So, you know, huge benefits. Um, again, it is a closed method of communication. Though. So if you get on the phone and call for help, um, it might be easy to use, but it, again, doesn't give you the option of kind of communicating the issues to people around you. Now let's have a look at some of the open communication. So um, I'll... I'm going to start with some of the equipment. So um, normally it's compulsory to have some flares on board. You might have uh, orange or red handhelds. Um, yeah, it's really important that you know how to use them. Things with a flare, um, they they definitely have a um, they definitely have a place. I I recently asked a question in our above and beyond boating skippers group on Facebook. If you're if you're not on that. Um, please come and join us above and beyond skippers. Just um, ask to join and I'll, I'll get you in there. Um, and the question was, uh, because the RYA 
had some information um, regarding uh, what they were looking at um, and requesting for the carriage of flares. And I asked a question which opened an amazing can of worms, which was, if you didn't have to carry flares anymore, um, would you? Like, would you just carry them anyway, even if you weren't told that you had to? In general, most people's kind of negativity around flares it stems from the fact that the expiry date kind of creeps up on you before you know where you are. And probably the nicest way you could put it is the disposal methods are generally quite clunky. And so it's not always that easy to get rid of flares, even when you're trying to do the right thing. Um, on the flip side, there are various scenarios that you know many people have been saved as a result of flares. Um, you know, they're not relying on having a, a battery signal. It's still going to work if the boat's been hit by lightning. They're relatively easy to take with you. Um, and in a scenario where people can see them, then they, they can be great. So um, there are many times that a flare, I would particularly say, would not often be my first port of call to uh, raise an alarm or call for help. However, I am... I would definitely um, value going through uh, having my flares there so that, you know, if I've got the uh, a, a, an asset coming towards me and I want to make myself more visible, um, once I've already called for help on the radio, maybe having having my flares available then. Um, and the other side, then also got the radio. So uh, that might be you know, via a, a voice signal or using the, the DSC feature. So we got heaps just, you know, off the bat there. We had EPUBs, PLBs, flares. You might have, I didn't even mention them, but V-sheets, sound signals, mobile phones, uh, voice radio or DSC digital signals. So, I mean, that's a that's a huge array of options that you've got. And so then how do you decide which one you're going to use? Well, I am... Um, I would, I would encourage you to actually build that into your passage planning. So often the radio, uh, unless you're kind of right out to sea and, you know, you're out of out of range from other places, the radio will often be a great go-to option for you, um, especially if it's um, DSC, so it can transmit who you are and where you are, as long as you've kind of got your radio license and programmed the MMSI. Um, some of the other equipment you have to carry and can be really useful, certainly... A mobile phone is a, a great option. A registered PLB, um, you know, if you're if you're overboard and especially if you're out single-handed, there's you know, if you've got a PLB with you, that's going to be perfect. If you know if you've got your flares sitting in a box on a boat you're not on, uh, or a radio, you know, registered sitting on a boat you're not on, then that's not really going to help you. Um, I I often think that uh, we overlook how often you might be out of phone signal uh, and not even have any any way that the mobile phone will work um and that's where some of these other other factors will come into play giving some thought in your plan at different points in the journey as to what equipment you might use to call for help and what you might do if if it was um different levels of severity is important because then you can actually also induct people you know on a super base level at least when you've got a DSC radio, you can just show them how to push the distress button, obviously making sure the radio was already on, show them how to turn on an EPUB, very user-friendly, and use it, that alongside something like your emergency action card. 
you can very quickly kind of help them understand why they might use one piece of equipment against the other. Now, when we look at who makes a call, um, ideally, when you're thinking about being the skipper, you probably want to see if it's possible to uh, train some of your other people that are going to be on the boat so that if you are managing an emergency, that you're not stuck trying to do the communications and that you've got someone that you can hand that over to so that you can focus on any number of other things that will probably need your attention at that time. And also thinking about who you want to receive uh, the signal. I mean, there's nothing stopping you using multiple tools on board. Um, But as an example, if you think that other boats around you might be one of your best assets to try and help you, maybe you're sinking, maybe you're searching for someone in the water, Maybe you um, are, you know, seeking uh, a commercial boat that might have a defibrillator on or something like that. If you don't carry one, which most of us don't, um, then the radio is probably going to be really helpful. Not a massive downside in turning on the EPUB as well. It's not really doing any any harm, um, and just making sure that when you're on the radio that you you tell them that you've turned on the EPUB as well, so that they can join the dots if you like. Now, in terms of the judgment call, um. Is, you know, there's all sorts of debate. As a, an example, um, you know, in uh, lots of areas in the world, then um, particularly as cold water scenarios, then a person being over the side is instantly considered a mayday. In some countries, particularly Australia, the starting point is a pan-pan, but there's nothing stopping you as the skipper making a call that if you think someone being off the boat when it wasn't planned uh, is a is a mayday there's nothing stopping you from um from kind of making your call as a mayday as a point of interest the reason in australia they've gone down that line particularly where we are generally in a fairly warm water environment for most of the country albeit there's maybe other issues like crocodiles and sharks and things to think about or box jellyfish but just focusing on temperature and hypothermia you might not have uh immediate issues but the kind of the Office of Maritime Communications have made that advice based on uh, the fact that if you've got a a pan-pan going on and then a bigger situation arises at the same time, that is able to then kind of go on the priority and be the mayday. Whereas if we've already started at a mayday, then someone kind of essentially the person who's got that mayday happening is controlling the traffic. That's where the difference comes. Really for you... It's just making a judgment call, um, you know, as, depending on your location, a situation might might be a lot more urgent. You know, I use one often in the radio exams. I talk about if, you, if you're becalmed and you have engine failure while you're in a bar crossing, things could get quite serious quite quick. And so in that scenario, you, you might step straight up to saying, look, this is a mayday, this is where we are doing your standard protocols. However, if you... Um, are still on the mooring in a in a secluded harbour somewhere and your engine won't turn over, hopefully, clearly, that's not a mayday. So point being, same boat, same issue, different circumstance, uh, could well mean that you uh, you deem you, you deem it as a, a different scenario. And, and it's just really important to try and think through some of the key areas that might come up on a trip and then just being a bit clear on, on, on what they're going to be. Now, the other side of things is 
you can't really look at all of this without making the consideration that you actually might not be there anymore. You might have fallen overboard, something may have happened to you. I've often found, I've always thought that, you know, a, a concise, clear and engaging safety brief is one of the most challenging things for a skipper to do. Um, needs constant work and revision and it's very easy for it to become long, waffly, disengaging and ineffective. Um, or to just do one once and then assume that you've got everything covered. I've always found that one of the easiest ways to kind of get people engaged is if I think about, based on the trip, the way that I would want them to be able to call for help if I'm not there. If I start with that, anything else is usually quite easy because you've then got quite a kind of captive audience. You know, if they what I do for a living obviously if they're on the boat hopefully they feel fairly comfortable with me having a handle on things but once I say hey look if I'm not here this is what you're going to need to do to um call for help and get hold of someone they instantly go oh okay I hadn't even thought about that and you've normally got maybe two or three minutes that you can try and kind of keep them engaged and show them a few other useful things if, if you've planned it and got it structured so make sure you have thought about that and uh, and that people would know what to do if something something happened to you, um, so that you um, you hopefully end up all right. So, look, calling for help quite a big one. Um, it's important to give it some thought. It's important to have a clear awareness of how the equipment that you carry would be used and when you would use it, and then thinking about who that message would go to, and then just bringing other people on board along so that they are able to help you should the needs arise and you're busy doing something else. So thanks very much for listening and I I hope this one's been useful. 